you're listening to i mean can we discuss and i am your host astrid ferguson we will be discussing different issues that can be debated articulated chopped up any kind of way there's no real set way to this it could be culturally it could be socially it could just be how we're feeling today so You're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Astra Ferguson. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Taylor Wang. Hi, Taylor. Hi there. I'm, I'm excited to be on today. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, so why don't you tell us about you and your great nonprofit organization so I don't have to, you know, steal your shine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am a high school junior, which I know is a little younger than some of your guests, but I am here today as an artist and an organizer, and I think that Right now, those two things are especially important given the chaotic circumstances because art and organizing are both two things that can really connect a community regardless of whatever is happening, whatever the situation is. So yeah, right now I'm working with my organization, Student Art Spaces, which is founded by me as well as two other high schoolers. So it's entirely youth-led, which I think is so great. I love showcasing the power of young people, you know, especially in today's climate where young people are kind of, I guess, stigmatized. Like people think we may or may not have less work ethic or that we're, you know, social media obsessed, wherever the case may be. But I think that right now that's super important to be talking about. So yeah, I'm here today to talk about my experience with that. And I'm super excited to get into it. Yeah, I mean... A junior in high school, huh? Mm, yep. <laughs> um, I mean, it's very powerful to hear you talk about this in such a passionate manner, especially at, you know, such a young age. But why don't you tell me more about your type of art? You said you're an artist. Yes. And what kind of drove your passion for this nonprofit organization? So I have been an artist since I think I could like pick up a pencil. So I've been super into art. I knew from a very young age that this is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, Not so sure how my parents felt about that, but you know, they have slowly become more and more supportive of me as I've aged and I've showcased like what I can do with that. You know, in the beginning, like I remember I was in kindergarten and I went to my first parent-teacher conference And I still remember my teacher asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I had that answer completely ready. I said, I wanted to be an artist. And my mom kind of turned to me and she glared at me and she was like, "Um, no, 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 she she wants to be a doctor. And so she kind of saw it within me, like this drive to be something that a lot of people in my community don't necessarily want to be or believe that we should be. You know, I'm Chinese American and a lot of my family friends 
came from a different country with little to nothing. So they kind of have this working mentality where it's like, you know, if you're not on the hustle, like you're lazy or you're incompetent. And to them, being an artist falls into that category of not working hard. And so part of the reason why I started this organization in the first place was because I met this other girl, Alice. She's amazing. She's my co-founder and she's a senior in high school currently going to um, Yale University next year for fine art, which is awesome. And she received a lot of backlash as well for wanting to pursue art instead of something more conventional, I guess. So we kind of exchanged ideas about how important it is for Chinese Americans to, and for any minority really to get into art because there's just this stigma around entering that industry where people in our community think that it's either, you know, kind of like the easy way out, quote unquote, or we just like aren't good at anything else. And we started this organization to show that that's not true, that there shouldn't be this cultural stigma around art in the first place. So a lot of my art also revolves around that, you know, the idea of being Chinese American and kind of struggling with that identity as someone who's lived in both countries and someone who has spent the majority of her life up to now in America. I was raised in China when I was little, but I came here at a very young age. So kind of experiencing both of those cultures and how different they are, you know, like East and West, like there's so many things that are different and so many beliefs and cultural norms that you have to adapt to. So that's what a lot of my art has been about. Um, shameless plug, I'm on Instagram at Yingqi Art. So go, come check me out. <laughs> I mean, no, it's good you did that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's very understandable that you would feel the need to express that because, you know, especially as immigrants, you know, we do have that um, time period where we have to adapt right. to new life, to, you know, being in a new place. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the whole cultural thing that sometimes may stop us, right? Our parents typically want us being something that, quote unquote, brings you a lot of money, right? Because yeah. generally we come here um, out of poverty um, or sometimes it has to do with status, right? So yeah. for you, when you're saying that you're an artist and that your art embodies all of these different messages. Um, your type of art, is it all like oil painting? Is it mixed media? Are it, you know, is it, are you combining it and like maybe evolving to production or like tell me about that part of your artistic vision? Yeah, so I, got into oil painting originally I just fell in love with it I love studying kind of the greats like Rembrandt da Vinci all that and I also at the same time got into digital art which is something very new it's basically working through Photoshop Adobe that kind of stuff and it's become super popular recently especially with um, kind of younger people who are going into the art industry as people who want to go into developing video games or people who want to go into animation and that kind of stuff. So it's very new. And I just think it's really interesting how the two things that I like are something that's very old, very traditional, very studied, like oil paint, and then something that's so innovative and so never heard of before, kind of like this thing that embodies what 
can be done in this new age of like technology and advancement that's happening so fast, like faster than ever before. And so part of my art wants to kind of lean towards that traditional where I like to go in with the oil paint, you know, spend hours doing that. And then part of me also wants to just like do something real quick on Photoshop where it's like super convenient, super easy to get something done really quickly. So I've always tried to like merge those mediums almost and make it something of my own where it's not something new. It's not something old. It's not something representing a specific time period, but it's just something that I enjoy creating, you know? Yeah, and that's that's really dope that you're doing that, or or really uh, great. <laughs> uh, dope came out like uh, slang there. Uh, <laughs> it's great that you're doing that, especially that you found something that you're so passionate about at such a young age. Like it's very admiring. Um, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do when I was your age. <laughs> um, So tell me about the actual program. You said that you founded this program. What is the name of your program? And what were some of the hurdles uh, developing this nonprofit organization, especially with you being as young as you are? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I mean, you are, like, so successful now. I it's totally fine that you didn't know what you did in high school. I think half of my peers don't know what they're doing, honestly. And I think I'm super lucky to be able to harness something, like put my energy into something that I care about so much. I think that's definitely a privilege that I have because not everyone can do that. You know, there's people who can't afford to do that or people who don't necessarily have the time capacity to do that. So I feel very fortunate to be able to pursue something I love at such a young age and also turn it into something that other people can also embrace that I can spread to other people and like spread the love, spread the awareness. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with student art spaces as well, which is the organization I founded when I was 15. I, well, you're probably wondering right now, how did she found an organization when she was 15? And it was definitely a lot of building up something that you don't even know what you're creating necessarily. Like when you picture a businessman, you're kind of thinking of like, a guy on Wall Street in like a three-piece suit, but really starting this nonprofit was just me and a couple friends holed up in a Starbucks looking up things like, what is a 501c3? Like, we didn't even know what the IRS was. We didn't know how to pay taxes or anything. And so we went on YouTube, you know, like the magic of social media. We went on Instagram. We asked everyone we could find, anyone who would listen, to help us with starting this organization. And eventually we found people who were interested, people who wanted to help us with this. And so from there, we branched out. We decided that we would do this thing regardless of whether there was adults helping us, regardless of whether other people necessarily were going to listen because we already had people who were interested and who wanted to help us. So we decided that we would start doing art galleries that were for people our age, teenagers, who often get excluded from the conversation. You know, my friend and I, we've been in rooms with curators, artists, art gallery directors who don't really seem to care about like what young people have to say. And like I said before, like there's so much power behind the amount of rapid change that's going on today and how young people are native to that change sort of like social media, 
um, digital art goes hand in hand with that. And it's just something that we can, I think, go along with very easily because we were born into that, you know, like we have experienced that our entire lives. And so I think a perspective from young people is just so integral and people don't realize that yet really, but we're trying to get that happening. And that's why we founded this. We founded this so teenagers from all walks of life could engage with art teenagers who didn't necessarily have the finances. You know, our galleries are cost-free. The, te- the teens who participate in them don't have to pay a cent for their participation, which is a huge contrast with a lot of galleries in the U.S. You know, they make you pay application fees of up to like $100, $200, and that's not guaranteeing you'll get in. Once you get in, there's printing fees, shipping fees, all that, and we want to make it as equitable as possible, as accessible as possible. So we not only remove all fees from our galleries, they're free to enter. We also encourage you know, artists from low-income backgrounds to apply. We encourage artists from minority backgrounds to apply. Um, recently, I was doing some research on just exactly how much art galleries, I guess, exclude or include certain groups in the US. And in the last decade, apparently, women only made up 10% of the artists that our galleries were showing in the U.S., which is like crazy, right? So we definitely emphasize having those unheard voices in our galleries because those are so important, I think, especially in kind of this day and age where everything is so close together. We're all so tight-knit as a community because of thanks to the internet as well. But like, you know, there's so many different diverse cultural groups in America and art should definitely be representative of that. And right now it isn't. So that's one of the main focuses of our organization, just making art accessible for everyone, regardless of their race, class, gender, all of that. We just want to make art as equitable as possible to people from any background. And I think that the fact that young people are doing this is super important because it's engaging the people who will be the artists of tomorrow, essentially, you know, like artists who will be dominating the art world in 10, 20 years, who knows? So giving them this voice early on kind of encourages them to pursue that path, regardless of what their community may be saying. Because, you know, my co-founders and I have experienced that firsthand. We've experienced our community telling us this isn't for you. So by telling these young artists that this is something they can pursue. Even if they don't see people who look like them in the art industry today, they can be the first. They can, they can enter this industry regardless of anything that anyone tells them. So I think that's definitely the core message at its root, what our organization aims to do. And right now we've had two cost-free galleries so far, exhibited over 80 teen artists, so that's amazing. And we're gearing up to do even more, you know, after this whole thing blows over. Okay. So student art spaces, right? Yes. Okay. And it is a 501c3 nonprofit organization? We don't have 501c3 yet, actually, but we are currently working to attain it. So that's definitely in the works. Okay, so um, do you think that part of the reason why that hasn't happened could be because of your age? I'm, I'm trying to get to the bottom of if they would allow you to do something if you're not 
uh, over the age of 18. Oh, yeah, that's definitely something we've struggled with before, not being, like, of a certain age to do something. But this is something that we're working towards right now, actually for the exact reason that you just said, because my co-founder was 17. She just turned 18. So now we're kind of buckling down and working on this because it's something that's actually attainable for us now. And before, we were just working with a fiscal sponsor, which is an organization that helps you despite not having a 501c3 they'll help you because they have that status and they'll collect you know all your grants your funding all that but we definitely want to try to be independent of any other organization we want to be our own thing you know entirely youth-led entirely motivated by our own pursuits so that's something that I'm so happy that we can attain now now that someone in our organization is 18 actually and yeah, I would say that the whole age thing is definitely something that prevents us from exceeding sometimes. But, you know, as we get older, that'll get better. So. Yeah, and you'll definitely attain it. I mean, you sound passionate about it. And I mean, it's good to have that passion involved, especially, you know, with young people like the youth has so much to say, so much to offer. It's striking that they wouldn't take it more seriously. I mean, gosh, that's probably when your imagination is at the highest peak. Mm. (laughs) Um, So can you share with us, um, since you're not collecting fees, how are you planning to keep this organization afloat? Is it going to be like primarily through donations from people or are you seeking sponsorships? Like how does that work? So good question. So we have been applying to local grants so far. We applied to grants through the office in Seattle, which is where I live, the Office of Arts and Culture, who is very generous with us. They've given us so many opportunities to receive funding for our projects, and we're so grateful for that. And we also work through Kickstarter, which is crowdfunding. It's basically getting together a video, putting together, you know, a summary of your project, putting it out into the world, and telling people if this is something you're interested in seeing come to life. You can be a part of that, you know, just like donating whatever you can, making this come to life. So we have hosted two Kickstarters in the past. One was for our first gallery back in August 2019. And then the second was for our current gallery. And both of them, they, oh my gosh, both of them were exceeded by I think 200% of our goal, which is incredible. And so we were blown away by the shock, like the pure shock of just having people be so supportive of our project. So we definitely get funded through I guess sort of homegrown techniques right now like it's not really sponsorships or anything like that but in the future as we expand as we develop you know new chapters we have all of that going on right now we're based in Seattle but we're developing six new chapters right now across the U.S. LA New York all that there's been teams reaching out to us from all over the world so as we get that going and as we get you know 501c3 good nonprofit status to have, then we can start expanding 
to incorporate more sponsorships, more stable funding, stuff like that. But right now, our grants are working just great for us. They have been allowing us to have these galleries come to life and allowing artists who may not normally be able to showcase their work kind of have their work in this professional sphere in a way that couldn't have happened before, I think, without these galleries that are equitable and accessible. So that's been working out great for us. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to have any future funding opportunities come my way. And I'm sure they will. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, the creative space needs it. And like you said, it's a great form of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you able to tell me or share with us any stories of how your nonprofit organization of student create spaces has helped people or even changed lives? Oh, I have so many of those kinds of stories. Um, I could keep going all day, but you know, um, if I had to choose a couple that have really resonated with me, I think one of them would definitely be the time that I was talking to one of our artists during our first gallery. And she came from El Paso, Texas. She was from a Latina community. And she told me that the opening night of our gallery would have been the first time that she had ever left her home state. And I was like, wow, I'm so excited to see our opening night. And she was like, yeah, unfortunately, I can't come now because my community has been affected by you know, the El Paso shooting, which had happened just recently, right before our gallery opening night. And she told me that she had to stay behind in Texas and, you know, help out her community by selling artwork and breaking down stigma around Latina women who were being targeted by these vicious attacks. And she said, now more than ever, I'm excited to have my work showcased, you know, in a state that's far away from me in a place where people can hear my message all the way in Seattle. She's from Texas, you know, and that just made me realize like in that moment, I kind of, I was still 15 at the time. So I was very clueless. I would say I was like very naive. And this made me realize like, wow, my work is not just something that's impacting the people around me. It's impacting people across the U S it's helping people And then I kind of realized, like, I have to keep doing this. I have to, this isn't just like an extracurricular, you know, this isn't just something that people tend to think that this is something we're doing for college apps or whatever the case may be. People think, oh, they're doing this volunteering stuff so they can get into college. And that's just not nowhere near the case. You know, like if this was something I would be doing for college, I would have long been done with it because just having that motivation could never you know, get you to continue pursuing this at such a high rate, because this is basically like a part-time job for me. Like I work on it every single day, every free minute I get, you know, whenever I'm not doing homework or often instead of doing homework, I'll do this. And I think that hearing these stories from people who have been impacted by my work has just, it's been the biggest motivation for me to continue doing this. Because when I see someone say that they are so grateful for having their work shown in a gallery space, an actual gallery space in a, in a city or a country that's not their own, that they 
are so happy to have their message being spread. I think that that's honestly the most empowering thing for me to continue doing this work, even when it gets hard, even when we haven't been experiencing as much success. But hearing, you know, a teenager in Maryland tell me that their piece got into the show and their parents are so happy for them, that they're so grateful for what we've done, that motivates me to continue trying to serve as many young people out there as I can. And I think that motivation means more to me than any type of news interview, any type of award, any type of, you know, recognition, because I would still be doing this, even if there was no recognition, even if there was no people telling us to, you know, go get this award or go get this grant, I would still be doing this. So I think that's when I kind of realized, actually, that this is something I want to do with my life, when people started telling me that this was impacting them. And I think that's that's so inspiring. So, yeah. Oh, that is so nice, Taylor. <laughs> You're like a saint. You're changing the world. <laughs> it makes you forget, especially about, you know, your age. I hate to say that, but it's just, you know, it's so inspiring that at your age, yeah. you, you feel so yeah. strongly about helping others. So... Tell me if someone wanted to join your program, um, obviously this is open just for youth led. Uh, so I don't know how young or right. up to what age you would allow them to join, but could you tell me more about that process and if there's any, you know, like age limitations? Right. So our organization is youth-based, which means we accept people, you know, 13 to 24, usually. You know, if you're 25, we're not going to be like, no, you can't join. But, like, uh, generally, it's people who are Generation Z, young millennials, that kind of stuff. We do have some mentors who help us through this. You know, we have adults in established organizations who help us reach out and get connections. So, it's kind of regardless of age, it's more like what you can contribute, I think. It's what you can help us do to promote teen equity in the arts, promote teen equity and creativity. And if you have something to contribute to that, then we are going to welcome you with open hands, you know, open arms. And so regardless of, you know, your age, I think it's definitely something that people can get involved in, you know. Like we recently wanted to start a project that, was a teen art show, but not really a teen art show, like more so art show dedicated to people who have generally been excluded from art spaces, like even older folks, like 60 plus, who don't really get to showcase their work or didn't get a chance to, um, I guess like in their younger years. So we want to kind of bring together those teen narratives as well as the older generation's narratives and combine them because I think there's a lot of disconnect there. So. We wanted to do that to, I guess, uplift kind of the connect the connection between these two generations who often misunderstand each other. So my point with that is that the age thing is not so much important as what you can contribute and what your personal background is with this. You know, like we have people who come from very bleak places, people who have opened up about their depression, their anxiety, their experiences with hardship and adversity. And that has been something that has motivated us to keep going as well. It's hearing people in our team 
who have talked about how these backgrounds that they come from are things that have inspired them to get into art and organizing, to get into helping other people who may be stuck in those same situations as them. And so a lot of people are on our team have experienced those things, those common sort of situations that a lot of people think may be taboo to talk about. And so having this community of people who can feel free to express themselves and talk about their stories in a way that maybe their family or their community wouldn't be comfortable talking to them about has also been something that gets us gets people to continue joining student art spaces because it's an open space. It's an inclusive space for anyone to talk. So besides beyond the art and the organizing at the root of this, it's really just a community. It's a group of friends who can get together and talk, even if they live all over the world, all over the U S and that's how we kind of get people to continue coming in. You think I, you know, I'm still like very, surprised every time someone says that they're interested in joining because I'm like what like you're interested in something that I did like so I every single time like it's been so many times now but I just think like wow thank you so much for expressing interest like you will not be disappointed with the community and the network of young creators that you're about to find so that's something that has been kind of a tenant that gets us to determine who can come into student art spaces, you know, what your background is, what your narrative is, and how that aligns with everyone else on the team. So we have youth from all over the world. We have contributors and collaborators who help us put up these galleries, put up these events, you know, our gallery directors who said that they're super inspired by what we're doing, museum officials, artists who've expressed their interest and said that they want to help us. So anyone really who thinks that they have something to say that's important and hasn't really been said yet, hasn't been given a platform to be said, we will welcome them and we will give them a platform to say it. So that's really what this is all about. It's about giving a platform to artists and organizers who feel like they have something to talk about in the art world that hasn't really been touched on yet. Okay, but is there like a website? Is there an application? Um, you said you're in Seattle. Do, um, do they need to come out to Seattle? Like, how does that work? Oh, yeah. So um, we have a website, studentartspaces.org. You can find all the information there if you're interested in getting involved. There is a form for each individual chapter right now. So volunteer applications for those. If there is not a chapter near you, you can start your own or join the Nationwide Network, which is our community, basically, that is people from all over the world who may or may not be interested in starting a chapter. Starting a chapter is more so taking on that leadership role and kind of imitating or emulating what we did in our first time around and getting people involved in your community to start a gallery with you. If people aren't interested in that, they can also join our digital community, which is the Nationwide Network, and kind of connect with people who are also interested in contributing to these kinds of things, but may not have as much time on their hands to start a chapter of their own. So there's definitely a lot of options with what we do. Um, but yeah, head on over to studentartspaces.org. 
you can find all the information there, everything about the past events we've done, our mission statement. I've talked a lot about that already, but if you're interested in hearing more about it, there's a lot of info on there and all the ways you can get involved and spread the word in your community. Okay, cool. Um, so is there any advice that you would like to tell that you would like to give any youth that might be listening to you talking so passionately <laughs> about this nonprofit organization, student, um, student uh, creative spaces, student art spaces, yeah. I'm sorry, student <laughs> art spaces um, that might be listening to this and maybe want to start something, but don't know where to start because, you know, maybe like you, they feel like, oh, they're too young. They're not taken seriously. Who are they? What is some advice that you would um, give to them? I think my advice can be summed up into make the first move because that first move is the most terrifying thing to do, but it's, what will set you off on that path. So if you're a young person who sees an issue in your community and there hasn't been anything done about it yet, then do something about it. Google things, you know, Google has honestly been my best friend throughout all this because I, I don't know everything. Like I may sound like I'm trying to like get everything done, but there's a lot I don't know about this and I'm still figuring it out along the way. I'm consulting with my team. I'm talking with my network and just because you don't have the experience or just because you may not know everything about the issue you're talking about, don't get that imposter syndrome, you know, don't get that feeling where like you think, oh, you don't belong here or this is something you should leave to someone else. Because if it's something you're passionate about and it's something that you really care about doing, then just go full force into it. And you'll need a team because you can't do it alone. So gather up your friends, drag them into it. You know, like I had to force some people into it initially as well. And don't be scared to reach out to local influential leaders, people who are involved with your cause already and ask them, just ask and listen to them, like listen to what they have to say, attend events, go network with them. And eventually you'll build up connections. You'll build up a network that you can talk to about the things that you care about. And from that point on, that's just moving into creating something of your own, creating something that is led by you and your team. Because I think that people may be scared of doing that, starting something of their own versus joining something that's already been established. But the fact is that first move is what gets you going on that path. And it's, it's scary to think about like, doing your own thing, suffering the consequences if you don't do it right. And believe me, we have done many things wrong. We have gotten things messed up all along the way, but we've we've brushed it off. We've gotten back up every time and we've just tried to make it better. And so I'm not saying that it'll be easy the entire way. It definitely won't be. It'll be full of, full of obstacles, full of adversity, but the end result will be something that you will never forget. It'll be something that you'll be proud of because it's something that you created on your own, not something that someone else created and you joined, but something that you were passionate about, that you wanted to make a difference about, and that you took into your own hands. And I think that that feeling is something that's so empowering. It's something that 
makes you realize, I guess, this is getting very existential, but something that makes you realize your place in the world, your purpose, and what you are meant to do, kind of. And I know maybe in like 10 years, I'll be looking back on this and thinking like, wow, she was so stupid. Is that really something that she was thinking? But right now, that's definitely something that I'm sure of. I think that this has led me to realize what I want to do with my life. And, um, you know, that realization is something that can't be bought. It's something that can't, you have to do it yourself. You have to make that first move. So that's what my advice would be. Or you could look at it 10 years from now and say, look how dope I was. Why am I struggling now? What, what is getting in my way? Why don't I just go for it? Because right. that happens when you get older, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that you actually said that, especially the whole not knowing thing and going for it anyway and just right. doing something that's yours, you know, taking that ownership. Yeah. So that's so kind of you to tell us that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. And I want to add on, um, that's not just for anyone who's my age. That's for anyone. Like, it, what, whatever stage you are in your life, just do something. It doesn't have to be a nonprofit. It doesn't have to be what I do. But if you've been thinking about writing a book, but you're just thinking, oh, but what if people judge me? What if I nobody reads it? What if nobody cares? Just go for it. Just go for it. And then think about that later, because what's important is doing it. If you want to start a business, if you want to do a startup, if you want to write a song, start a band, anything, just go for it and worry about the consequences later. Completely agree with you. Um, I'm still figuring things out and I'm 34 years old. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's still very young. So I don't feel it, Taylor, sometimes, but yeah, I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep saying that to myself. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some people that have inspired you, um, especially for you to be so kind and so welcoming of others and caring for others that you've chosen this path? I think definitely some people who have inspired me, well, first of all, this is, going to be the most cliche answer ever and I'm sorry I can't be more original but the person who inspires me the most is my mom (laughs) she um, as I said before she came to the U.S. from China and she worked waitress shifts for a long time worked at restaurants and all that to support herself and my father through med school medical school in America and I Growing up, I would hear these stories of just struggling to understand this new culture and struggling in a place where they didn't know anybody else. All their friends were, you know, thousands of miles away and started having to rebuild themselves through all that just so that we could have a better life, just so my sister and I could have a better life. And so I admire her resilience so much. When I was little, I, I would cry over a lot of small things. I still do, but she never coddled me. Instead, she would tell me to, you know, get myself up and tackle the issue head on if I wanted to get better because crying would do nothing. And that sounds kind of brutal, but in a way, I'm very thankful for that. I'm eternally thankful that she shared her strength with me. And, you know, 60-year-old me, like, crying would not have realized that. But looking back, I am thankful for the lessons that she taught me. So that's the reason why I'm able to, you know, balance schoolwork, jobs, 
doing art and running my own nonprofit without getting overwhelmed by all of it. Because every time I think I can't do this or like there's too much on my plate, I just think, you know, there's just getting stressed out isn't going to help you. Just go for one task at a time. If you can't do that task, move on to the next one and come back to it. Just sort of almost methodically go through everything that you need to do because just sitting there and getting stressed out, you know, it happens to the best of us. Like we're so overwhelmed that we feel like we can't do anything about this. Like the world's ending, but just calm down and go through each thing at a time, write down a list. I love lists. I make lists for everything in my life and just go through each task one by one, just slowly, like take your time with it. Don't feel like you have to get everything done magically all at once, but get through that. And so that lesson that she taught me of just keeping your head up, even if things are hard, like that has really just made me, I think the person I have become today and beyond her, I mean, all the other teen activists out there, all the other organizers, leaders, someone who I'm especially or uh, inspired by is my boss, Maya Siegel. She is my boss at her own organization, Space to Speak Org. It's an organization dedicated to giving a platform to sexual assault survivors. And she founded it as a college student as well. She's very inspiring. She inspires me to work on my own organization, working on expanding it, giving it, giving it a platform in more spaces. And I think that women like that who are making a difference in the world at such a young age just make me look at myself and think like, I'm the same age as them basically. Like I can do that. Like it's not, it's not impossible. It's not something that I have to think oh, this is something that I want to grow up to do. When I grow up, I want to, you know, do this. It's something I can do right now. I don't have to grow up to do it. Like, it's possible at any point in your life, as long as you have the courage to do it, as long as you muster up, you know, that strength and find some free time, dedicate yourself to it. So all these other leaders out there, and, you know, there's so many these days, like there's so many, I know like Greta Thunberg kind of started this whole movement basically of young people wanting to go out there and change the world. And people like that who are so young, but, you know, trying to start their own thing, like regardless of what people think of them is just, you have to admit, like there's so much strength in that and so much power behind that of balancing going to school AP tests with starting your own organization, turning an Instagram page into a movement. And so those people out there who are starting their own thing just inspire me to continue making the best of it myself and, you know, making the work that I have to do, the skills I can contribute into something meaningful, into something that's beyond me and can empower other people to do the same, hopefully. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure your mom is so incredibly proud of you. I mean, if you were my daughter, I would be proud of you. But I only have boys, yeah. Taylor, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a handful. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on the show. And please let us know how we can support you. Um, and plug away. Tell us everywhere we can find you again and 
how we can help you on this mission. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be here. You can find me at studentartspaces.org once again. My personal Instagram is at yingshiart, Y-I-N-G-S-H-I, and then art. And my organization Instagram is at studentartspaces, once again, on Instagram. We have Twitter and Facebook as well. Everything is studentartspaces. Um, sorry, Twitter is at studentart underscore org. And so if you want to keep up with us, find us on one of those platforms. We're trying to expand every day to, you know, new platforms. We got TikTok recently, which I don't know if you've heard of, but um, it's, yeah, it's a new social media platform for younger folks. And so we're trying to put our message into every, every space possible. So make sure to check us out, website, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my personal Instagram can also find my arts there. And yeah, that's about it, I think. Okay, I'll try to add all of this in the show notes. But yeah, I know about TikTok, girl. I said <laughs> I was older. I didn't say I was, you know, <laughs> out of it. I mean, I have to know with my son. We'd be creating right, right. TikTok videos. It's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fun. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Taylor. Uh, hopefully you're, you're keeping safe out there with all this coronavirus stuff going on. And, you know, and can please continue inspiring us. I mean, this is very inspiring that someone as young as you um, takes time out of their day to help others with their own passion. So thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you for having me. And I hope you stay safe as well. I hope your family is keeping safe. It's definitely some rough times right now, but you know, we got to uplift each other. We got to support each other. So yeah, I hope you're keeping safe and hope you're keeping creative. Yeah, I will. Well, that's it for today, guys. Until next time. That was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.